Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast about acting, art, and life, and that tricky little thing we're all after but rarely find ourselves in, the moment. In this series, I talk to all kinds of creatives and friends about the joys and the ah, heartache and challenges of acting, writing, producing, and getting out of our own ways to be the creative channels we all are. For more information, go to anthonymile.com, and you can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay, I hope you enjoy. On today's episode, we have actress Dar Zuzovsky starring in The Survivor. They talk about parental relationships, Dar's impression of Hollywood as a child, and her experience working with renowned director Barry Levinson. Don't miss Dar in The Survivor on HBO Max. Anthony has a new book coming out, Unstuck, a life manual on how to be more creative, overcome your obstacles, and get shit done. Check out anthonymindel.com unstuck to sign up for updates, promotions, and enter to win a free signed book. If you enjoy Tony's podcast, make sure you subscribe for updates, new podcast alerts, new book information, and free giveaways. Hit the button right there and subscribe. Welcome to 2021, a new year and a new podcast. Well, the same podcast, but a new year with my guest, Dar Zuzovsky. Yes. Yay. <laughs> oh my God. What a year. I can't what wait to start planning it. Yeah. We were just talking about I'm having a coffee here in LA because it's early in the morning and you're in Tel Aviv. Yeah. I'm in Tel Aviv. And you're having a glass of wine to end your day. Yes. Cheers. <laughs> nice. That's so, like this Corona days, those like virtual dates, you know, you sit in front of your camera and you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> virtual auditions, virtual dates. Mm-hmm. Have you had any virtual? Are you single? Yes, I am. Oh, you are. So have you had virtual dates? Look, I just get right I- in there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's find um, out. No, I actually never had a virtual date, but I had an audition for a show that was about a virtual dating world, which was pretty fun. Okay. Yeah. And did it go well or? Never heard back, (laughs) but I enjoyed it. Often like. But I thought, I, I love the idea. I really, I think I need to explore that thing. I have to go on a virtual date and see how it goes. Well, there is something you? so weird about like sitting in front of a screen and not yeah. feeling the energy, you know, you're just like yeah. staring at a person. And... Well, I mean, I guess it's an extension of, I mean, I'm not single anymore. I've had an amazing boyfriend for the last two and a half years, but like, if you meet somebody on an app, it's kind of all through the virtual interface of the phone. And then, so I guess it's not that much different than zooming some yeah. I don't know do people zoom date that's something that I'm, I'm not even familiar with I guess people would nowadays yeah um, that's uh-huh. the thing they're zooming the dates I I also had like a lot of long distance relationships but I think that's easier after you know a person and then you're like you're able to have a conversation but when you meet someone for the first time I think that there is something so weird to not have you physically in the same room it's just very isolated and you just have to like entertain each other I don't know it just it's it, well it's, it's also like you said about like energy it's like you know although energy can be transferred by a zoom right like you can 
when you audition or we can get into that as well. Like when we audition or when you're meeting somebody or interviewing somebody or, you know, you do get a vibe of people, right? Like, um, but I don't know, it is different. I think it just speaks to how attraction and <clears throat> energy is, is so important, right? Like when you're with yeah, somebody- it's everything. And, yeah, it's everything, really. <clears throat> so, yeah. so how's it going in Israel? <clears throat> You've wow, been there the whole quarantine, right? <clears throat> Excuse I, me. It's okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. It's just my early morning <laughs> voice. <laughs> I should have done some me, 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 before I started. I'm not used to doing a podcast interview this early in the morning. Uh, so I, I love your hair, by the way. It's, uh, so it's a beautiful. little crazy today, but I mean, it's, I'm going to get rid I of the mustache, it. I think, January 1. Thank you. And then, I don't know. My boyfriend likes it, but I don't know. I think it's a look. I think you should it keep, it. keep it all. <laughs> Dar, I don't know what that means. You said that's a look. Like, I mean, I don't know that's about that's a look. It's, that's it's a, a look. Oh no, my god! That's okay. a good thing. That's hilarious. <laughs> so tell us. Curious. Thank yeah. you. So tell us, have you been in Israel the whole time, right? Or were you back here in LA for a short time? Yeah. No. So I was in LA. Um, I think when Corona started it was March, and. Right. Then, like, the real quarantine in L.A. started, and I stayed there to see, you know, where it's what was going. Gonna and where it's yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I saw that it's, it's like a full quarantine, and there were no flights also, so I couldn't even go out. And the moment I saw that there is a flight, it was, I think, uh, June, the beginning of June, I immediately booked it and came back home. Wow. And... I've been here since, I mean, I, I did some, I did a project in Ukraine, so I had to fly out and I was in Dubai also. So I had like little breaks, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't came back to LA yet since June. It's been seven months, I think. It's the wow, longest yeah. time I've been here. It's so crazy. It's so weird, but it's also so wonderful to really have the opportunity to spend time with my family and Oh, my brother is also is also he's a musician and he just graduated from Berkeley in Boston so he also came back to Israel oh, so wow. we have like okay. this yeah we have this like uh, we're renewing our it, it's just it's a lot of fun and I think that it wouldn't happen in any other circumstances so I'm I'm kind mm. of thankful for this COVID I mean some parts of it are very positive I'm trying to look at that yeah, for sure. We have to. But is is like, so are you with your parents then too? Yeah. I was, when I first came here, I okay. lived with my dad because okay. I needed to find an apartment. It was like a lot of, it was a big mess. So it, okay. I lived with my dad and his girlfriend and their two kids. And I was like, ah, I have to get out. <laughs> I was going to say like, it's so nice, but then all like family <laughs> dynamics come up. Right. And it's oh, like, completely. Oh I God. wasn't ready for that. It was yeah. very weird. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was a, a tough one, but you but become we, like, a 10 year old girl again or a 15 year old girl right like we resort back to like family roles yeah it's really I mean I'm not with my family here but yeah I mean yeah yeah one night I remember that I woke up at 
4 a.m. and I went to the kitchen and I saw my dad sitting in front of the TV also eating something like at <laughs> midnight. <laughs> like, dad, are you awake? Oh my like, God. Yeah, uh, what are you doing here? I don't know, I just got hungry. And then we sat down and we had the most incredible conversation I think we've had in years. Aww. So deep, we were both crying and hugging and it was really emotional. And yeah. what did you guys talk so, about? I think just life, life. you know, in uh-huh. general. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that this world is just so crazy. And um, I, we both, I think we saw, we're very grateful for having each other in our life. We've been through a lot. So mm-hmm. it, it was. Is it interesting deep. to you, Dar, like when you get time with your parents and you start to ask questions, you start to hear stories you never heard. And like, we realize our parents, I mean, our parents are always going to be our parents, but then you start to trace their lives as like, I don't know how old your dad is, but you start to think, oh, when your dad was your age, you know, he was married maybe and had already, maybe he had already had you or your brother, right? And you start to, I don't know, you fill in the blanks of their lives, I think a little bit, because as kids, we only have snapshots of the things that we remember of their life with when we were born but they had all these other complete lives and dreams yeah. and tragedies sometimes and like you know their journeys are i think yeah i, I think, think it's really incredible see, yeah you see your parents as like superheroes and you're mm. not really you don't it's it's really hard for you to understand how human they are really and and it's also they they hold this image and i think that as you grow up and you you're becoming a person and you see that you know your parents have flaws and they have like downtimes and they're doing mistakes it's just like something that it's it's so important to be able to forgive and accept Mm -hmm. and and accept the change and and see them as for who they really are and also I don't know I feel like for me, it's just it's been such a roller coaster because I wasn't really in Israel for so for all of my twenties basically, and every time I came back home, I I grew up and they're growing older, and I see that they're growing older, and it's so difficult. You know, you you mm. you see your parents like literally changing, and and suddenly you have to start. You know, you you have those thoughts, and you start to take care. And you start to re-question things and it's just, it gets more complex. Um, yeah, my parents are 85. So I, you know, we talk a lot about them, how much longer they have. And, but, you know, I think what you said is really important that I think it's important as adults, we, I think the challenge sometimes is we don't, I think for some children, or adults who still relate to their parents from that sort of like childhood perspective is that we then don't, I maybe sometimes feel this sometimes with my brother and I'm not judging him or anything, right? Because every every child has a different relationship with their parents, right? Like your brother's relationship with your mom and dad is not like yours. And so they're forged out of a different time and different experiences, right? But I also feel like sometimes as adults, we have a hard time for forgiving our parents basic basically like in terms of seeing them beyond just their parenting if that makes Mm -hmm. sense right like what we're talking about i think is so important to get 
to forgiveness and get to seeing our parents as these fallible, messy, beautiful human beings that happen to also be our parents, but also are just <laughs> human beings, right? Yeah, like we, exactly. I think that's the work for us as, as kids or as adults now, but like to see that our parents aren't just parents, you know? And I think that changes for me, that changed the dynamic of our relationship. And you stop blaming your parents, you stop holding them, you know, maybe accountable for things that they never really should have been held responsible or accountable for, you know, it's, it's really interesting. It's like, yes. you have to grow up a bit, I think. Right. It's, it's so, it's so true. And it's so amazing once you realize that there is, we are teaching each other, like they came here and oh gosh, they, totally. they teach us, but we were not just born to those certain people just by coincidence. We're totally. there because there is something to learn and to go through a process together and once you understand that then you are really like doing a transcendence from this victimization to this freedom of really looking at a person just because he's, he's a human being mm. and he doesn't have to do anything with you and you're not taking you're not putting yourself in this equation you know you're just like letting him be and you can like or dislike his choices or what he believes in and it's completely okay but just let a person be, you know, just accept him because he has the right to just be. Oh, <laughs> mm. it's so true. I also think like we're, what you said about, you know, the sort of the complexity of our relationship with our parents too. I believe in like the epigenetic line. Like, I don't know if you know that term. So you're born into a family line that if you look at like the history of the family, there's something that maybe for the, for the child or for us, for each generation to try to break that pattern. So like for my, my parents are German and they're very like the epigenetic line is always about hard work. And I get it because like they were children of the war, World War II, they like had zero money. They like lived on like five potatoes a day. You know what I mean? Like that's it. Like they, yeah. they had nothing. And so <laughs> we grew up like when you have a plate, you clean your plate, like you eat all the food because you don't yeah. <laughs> know when your next meal is coming. You know what I mean? But that whole, like, and the, and their parents were very poor. And, you know, so like this whole, like having to work so hard, like that's, that's part of my epigenetic line that I'm, I've really been trying to be very conscious of and break that my value and my worth isn't in how much how hard I work and how much I produce stuff like not produce as in a movie but producing like content you know what I mean mm -hmm. I think we can all relate like but I, I I find that when I talk to people they if they don't know that term or they think about it you can find a very strong theme through like the bloodline of our parents and their parents yeah. right yeah yeah completely I, I completely I can relate to it also my parents are my grandparents are Holocaust survivors, so oh my it's, goodness. It's the same. we have the same epigenetic uh, oh, line. No. <laughs> are they still alive? Yes, they oh are. Oh my gosh, are, how old are, are they? Uh, wow, that's a good question. 90-something, my grandfather, he just turned 90. Wow. 90, he just turned 90, yeah. We wrote wow. a song about it, so. Um, and and mm -hmm. yeah, they are, all of them are alive, thank God. Were they originally from Germany or from, where were they no, from? No, 
my grandfather is from Poland uh-huh. and wow. my grandmother was born in Czech Republic and she moved she moved she ran in the forests and she moved to Hungary and then she came to Israel but she's she's from Czech Republic and where did they meet Czechoslovak right in Israel and they met in Israel after they emigrated yes Wow. They met here when they were like 18 or something. And, and did they... Oh. And did they... Uh, how old were they then during that time when they escaped? Uh, my grandfather was, I think... I I think when the war started, he was 10 and until he was like 13, 14, Whoa. something uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. And, and she was younger. Wow. And have yeah. they for? Do they forgive the Germans, or do they hate Germany? Are they like? You know, how would they feel if I came to visit them? <laughs> it's such a good question, you know. It's just yeah. like something that I also, because of everything that happens right now, and I get to see them. You know, it's just heartbreaking for me to think that that was the beginning of their lives, and now they're ending their lives with this again this mental state of of survival Mm. and Mm. and and that they have regulations that not allowing them to go out or Mm. do things Mm. or they're afraid you know they live in fear right now um so i don't get to see them a lot during this year i didn't see them a lot at all um but i think that they're very happy very positive people and I think that they have the feeling like they won I, ha- mm-hmm. I think that they have a feeling that you know at the end of the day they survived and they mm-hmm. came here and they created this beautiful family and we were growing up with such a sense of freedom mm. and abundance and we had everything that we needed and it's just I think that for them maybe they have this like little personal victory I mean they lost their loved ones and people in the war but at the end of the day they are the ones who made it survived mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow yeah i mean i'm sure there's i mean it seems like a perfect segue because you just finished a movie that deals with <laughs> <laughs> the holocaust right yeah so yeah it's, it's called harry haft right true yes um and it's when is it coming out? Because I'd asked you that a while ago, right? Because it's been done, right? For a while. Yeah, I watched the movie actually a oh, year ago. Oh, you've seen it. Oh. <laughs> no, I saw like the very first cut. But, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think that right now with everything that happens, they want to have a theatrical release. Uh-huh. Uh, and movie theaters are not really happening right now. So I think that they're waiting to see what happens. Um they I I just hope that you know everything will somehow get back to track and we will be able to watch movies in theaters uh if not I I, I'm sure that the movie will be released in this way or another well Um, yeah I I don't know mm -hmm. go ahead sorry yeah no I don't know when yet but I'm, I'm looking forward to it well I mean it has an all-star cast so I'm sure and it has a well-known director so and this was like your first big movie yes actually so it's so crazy I really think that it didn't happen just you know I I really believe that there was kind of a 
divine guidance mm -hmm. in making this, you know, because it's, I, and I truly think that, you know, also the roles that we portray have a lot to teach us. I, 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 if, if the world is a mirror, so we are going through, everything that we're going through is reflecting through what we're doing. So I felt like this is something that it was, I don't know, something happened there, like something strong spiritually. I don't know. Uh -huh. But I, I think that I came to LA um, when I was, I think it was 2015. And actually when, first when I heard about Hollywood, <laughs> it was like 2000, I was in, in, in second grade or something. I don't, I don't remember, but my friend said that she wants to be an actress in Hollywood. And I asked her, what is Hollywood? And she, it sounds beautiful. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you know, it's where they make all the movies. They made The Lion King there. And I oh, was yeah. like, wow, The Lion King is my favorite movie. And I have this image in my head that Hollywood is like a huge jungle <laughs> with like talking animals. <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. And like rivers and, and forests. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be actress in Hollywood. I want to go to Hollywood and make movies. And that wasn't really the case. I, <laughs> I realized <laughs> later when I grew up. But I think that what really, what did what is not so different is that it's still one of the most magical places where all the creative people from all over the world are coming there to tell stories and mm -hmm. create and 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 it was I felt that I knew that I, I I wasn't attracted to it just because I knew that something there is still like what I, I imagined when I was a little girl and and although you know it's very gray and you walk in corridors of production companies and casting yeah. directors and doing all this thing you know but it, there is something in the air yeah. which is it, it's it's magical and I was very lucky to be able to get some work. And that was a, a, an amazing project that I, I'm still, I can't believe I'm a part of this. So when I watched the movie, I looked at myself, no, this is really me. <laughs> uh, the director is Barry Levinson. That's the right. Legendary. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I felt, and it felt, uh, it felt right. It felt like uh, this is something that I, I I couldn't write it in any better way. Mm. It, was, it was very personal. And Dar, let's let's talk about about the process because I mean I was a big Barry Levinson fan. Uh, you know he's really big in the '90s, and you know he's older now. I think he's got to be in his '70s, right? Yeah, I think he's 80 almost. Yeah. Whoa! Wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, he was he was a really an incredible or is an incredible director but like what was the process on set for you and like coming from class and the things that we talked about and i know that he's whether or not he has the same philosophy certainly his his films are very actor performance generated you know what i mean yeah yeah um well first time i met him well i sent a self-tape and um and I got a callback and he was in New York and they asked me to go there and, and meet him. I went to have like a late breakfast with him mm -hmm. and we talked and he's such a beautiful, he came there. He's like such a beautiful 
human being oh. and 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 we talked a lot i i don't think we talked about the movie at no, all we right, just yeah. talked about life and yeah <laughs> and the world and quantum physics and <laughs> whatnot <laughs> and <clears throat> and then he told me um you know what but also about the, the film we talked a little bit about my my grandparents and he's like you can ask maybe your grandmother or grandfather how you say this and that in yiddish mm. and i was like okay uh i will <laughs> it's like and but we'll see it on set and i was like oh we'll Oh, I guess okay. I got the job. Okay, yeah. Uh, we'll see it on set. Thank you. <laughs> and I left the meeting and I called my agent. And They're I was like, like, what? Guys, what, what is happening? I'm, yeah, you got an offer. We, for, we wanted to see how, like, you, we wanted you to feel it. And, blah, 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 blah. and I was like, wow, amazing. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I went on set. And the, my first day, I remember I was so stressed. And I needed to learn Yiddish for that role. So most of my scenes are in Yiddish, except mm. of two, um, which was an amazing. I had the most amazing um, dialect coach that helped me a lot, Eric Singer. Um, and I went, <laughs> we had a scene, me and Ben Foster, who plays Harry Huff, the lead role, that I need to, it's a very complex scene. A lot of actions are happening. I need to like saw his wounds because he got shot and then he's waking up into the scene and we need to speak. We have a little dialogue and then I need to lift my dress to show him my scars and my father comes in and I, and I get scared and I drop everything and it's a big mess. And then his brother comes in and he's laughing at us and we have to like, a lot of things are happening. And I, I'm, you know, Barry is coming. We're on set. I look at the room. We, we get to meet each other, everybody. And I'm asking him, okay, what are we doing? He's looking at me, he's like, um, you know, just do the scene. And I'm like, yes. uh, okay. Ah. <laughs> I know we talked about, you told me this story, but keep going, I love it. Um, so I was like, okay, let's just do the scene. Um, I'm very used to directors who are really giving me notes and telling me, at least in, in the, like the, I don't know how you say it in English, the, Mise yeah, uh, scene yeah. yeah yeah thank you <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was I, I felt and suddenly we we started and that was a me- that was a magical moment like everything happened we didn't plan anything we just played with what happened in the moment mm-hmm. which was very <laughs> you, you were in my mind <laughs> um And I thought that this is such a beautiful way of doing things and, and such a liberating mindset. Mm. And, and we started from there, of course, that later, you know, he adjusted us to whatever we needed to do. But to start with such a trust mm-hmm. on, you know, you, you build the trust between an actor and director and he wants to... The, the fact that he really trusted us and respected us and wanted to see our choices and, and really wanted to just like sit there and be an audience, just to observe, you know, and just to live the, the, the moment was very, it was, it was such a profound moment for me as an actress. I really, really learned a lot from working with him and, and I loved every moment of it. Since then, you know, it was just like a lot of, a lot of little 
moments of magic that happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, so, I mean, we talked about this, I remember when, uh, after you were wrapped and like, yeah, it's so simple in a way, right? Like, and, and I think actors overthink, I mean, yes, every set works differently, but I do think most directors kind of work that way in really good directors, right? Where they want to, they've hired actors that they already really believe in or trust or were inspired by or saw something in the performance. So they want to see your way of doing it. And then from there, they'll tweak or they'll be like, okay, well, for camera, we, you might have to get up there and move. You know what I mean? Then some of the technical things yeah. happen, but it's, it is really, I love that. Like I had a student who was in a Clean Eastwood movie uh, a while ago and very similarly, his first day on set, you know, he's waiting for Clint Eastwood to tell him what they're going to do. And Clint was like, well, how would you do it? Why don't you show me how you would do it? <laughs> you know what I mean? And the guy was yeah. like, Oh my God. But again, the <laughs> studio supports that way of how do we trust ourselves? You know what I mean? And then exactly. also, yeah, go ahead. No, I, you, you can go. Well, I was just going to finish by saying then also you, you, I think you have more to bring to the table then because you, your instincts are flying and your interpretation is, is, uh, you know, a part of what's going on and you're freed up to do it the way you envision. Well, and that's not the right word, but the way it, it works for you, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I think also you're, it's never the same as you never. were hurt. You never. know, it's not. And, and as, as long as you are free to explore, and you let you let the people around you also to feel free to explore. And acting is very much the art of, for me, crashing and falling on Burning. your face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, like really, like the more you try and you put yourself out there and you get and you let yourself be vulnerable and not know sometimes because it's, this is real life. We don't know how things will unfold. You know, we have to stay there and live it and show up and try again and again and again and trust that we are you know protected and we have we have a team it's a collaboration so if you're not alone nobody's going to really let you do something crazy um but you want to be able to open that space of creativity and allowing mm -hmm. yourself to just you know feel and and live in this moment as much as you can well, also when you're working with other people on set that way too, how amazing is that? How fun is that, right? And creative and safe and play and, you know. Incredible, yeah. really. You were spoiled yeah, that that's the best, you know, that that's like your first big, really big movie job. And like you got all those, all these amazing actors and an amazing director and getting to explore in such a creative way. Like that's exciting, Dara. Yeah, very. It also kind very. of confirms, I think, because I remember when I was coaching you and you had questions, I don't want to give too much away about the movie, but like the older version of you and how to play age, <laughs> <laughs> right? And like most things like actors worry about, you can't play things, right? Yeah. Concepts, constructs, how we think something looks. You can't ever play how we think something looks. That's the great aha about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I think that we're also afraid there is something about modern acting that we're afraid to get theatrical and we're afraid to play something that is very mm. far from who we are. Oh yeah. And 
because you know it's not going to be truthful or or genuine and we we try to for us the biggest like a lot of actors the biggest compliment can be you know I really believed you you know it's very believable <laughs> and I I completely disagree because I think that we are this is the form of line mm. we're we're creating a world we're trying we're 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 bringing ourselves to extreme and different situations and versions and identities but we can't be afraid to try something that is really far from us or mm. different than who we are because i think that we have everything inside of that's the, that's the truth i think that we are everything and, and we can relate to everything and if you're empathetic and you feel the world and you breathe this you know it's, it's all connected so well so it's something that well go ahead Dar. sorry go ahead yeah i just i just think that i i love i love the theater aspect of it i love the creation of a character and i think that sometimes as you get bigger you find you find something that's truer you know deeper with this whole you know theatrical um well aspect. yeah like i mean i always say in class like you know i think sometimes we use words that keep us small when like it's not maybe you know actors are so concerned about being over the top or being too big but if you look at life and you look at you know the bigness of life life contains how huge things are you know what i mean it's like infinite and so yeah. like you just said to, to find ourselves sometimes you have to allow yourselves to play and i just call it fuller giving yourself the permission to be more full yeah. but i was talking to somebody at our new york studio recently we did a we, oh, we did a reading of my script and we were talking about afterwards because i just wanted to do a, a polish and just i hadn't heard it in a long time right and it was really exciting and Afterwards, she and I were talking about, like, I think I've been watching a lot of older movies since we've been in lockdown, right? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I've always been a big fan of, like, I don't know, foreign. I've always watched a lot of foreign film and then a lot of older movies to just watch performance. And I've been finding it's interesting because I don't know if it's in the last decade or maybe it's because of, like, action movies have taken over, like, right? Like, not... Not that I'm saying anything that's bad about Marvel movies, because it's a specific kind of thing, right? But if you notice, like, I think sometimes the acting that's happening sometimes more and more, maybe it's the Netflixing of stuff, is that it seems almost to be getting smaller in a way. Like, I don't know if that's the right word, but like... It's it's almost when I when I watch things where you're older things, people seem to be giving themselves the permission to go for stuff more. And it was so why I mean, I just watched the way we were last night with Barbara Streisand and like just you see freedom. You know what I mean? And yeah. freedom, you can really see freedom in work as opposed and to yeah, I think like I just I, I just want to finish with like I just think like sometimes sort of this TV idea of acting has flattened the actor's um, maybe ability to risk more. It's about risk. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Did I articulate that of the right course. way? Yeah. No, completely. I think that it's just fear at the end of the day because it's also we're trained to think in such a narrow state of mind and and we want to yeah, we want to bring something truthful and, and sometimes the big dramatic, you know, um, 
edgy ways of pursuing something is just like not something that most of the people, it wouldn't speak to most of the people. But I think that what you're saying that is really like, I had, I had a profound understanding, which is our work is, is not, it's not our profession. You know, our profession is just a platform to express our real, real work. work. I yeah. think that we came with a gift. We came to do something here. We came to give something, something to this world. And it can, you, we can share our gift. We can be expressed through a storytelling, can be expressed through a poem, music, I don't know, dentist. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But once you understand that you're here, to break some social structure, to show something else. As a storyteller, you want to, to show people, to, to help them maybe change the narrative of their minds, you know, and to bring, to, to, to bring some freedom mm. of thought. And you can only get there by breaking free from your own patterns and from your own structure of thought. You know, once you really let yourself loose and you really like let whatever will come, will come. And I let it break me because nothing really matters. It's all an illusion anyway, you know. So once you really get there, I feel like that's your, that's your, that's our duty as storytellers. We're really here to help others to, to, to bring different, to, to, to help. I, I, it's, Sorry, my English is just like no, uh, no, no. What you said is I didn't, really... I didn't speak in so long. For so long, <laughs> I'm the first <laughs> English speaking person you talked to during yes. COVID. No, no, no. I you are <laughs> you articulated that really beautifully. It's so true. Of um, I think also uh, sometimes things move like socially. Like if we become. I think this is the danger too, Dar, is like when we become accustomed to seeing something and hearing something, whether it's music or, or what we're consuming uh, or, you know, social media, like TikTok videos or whatever. Once you start, we start to keep consuming something a certain way, we expect to keep seeing things that way. And I think the job of the artist is you have to disrupt. You have to disrupt the way that the sort of commodifying and the commercialization of something doesn't mean mm -hmm. it's really real. You know what I mean? Again, when you see people or artists that are like living on the margins, that's what gets you very, at least for me, I can't speak for other people, but it just gets me really excited because you're like, oh, that's what it really means to be alive or to have an opinion or a point of view or to express your work, you know? I'm, yes, I'm kind of like, I'm just so over the derivativeness of our, I think our business is becoming more derivative. I mean, I've been doing this for 25 years and like everything is being remade, right? Like, oh, they're doing a remake of this remake of that remake. Like it's very, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very scary. Like, I mean, at one level, I guess it's great because a different generation gets to know something, but it also is, it's derivative. I don't know. I don't know what else to call it, you know? And I think that there is a, not that I'm a conspiracist, but I do think that there is a, a sort of a, a through line of not wanting people to think for themselves. And I do think that that mm -hmm. is 
partly what the media, what media companies want us to do. They pretend to want to entertain us and make us be thinking about things deeply and, but they do not really want to push the envelope. Oh, this is good. They don't want to really push us out of our comfort zone because if, if it's disturbing or uncomfortable, that means the mass amount of people will turn it off. They won't watch. See what I'm saying? So it's sort of yeah. like the, the the tail that wags the dog has become like it's it's I don't know if that saying is right, but like yeah, they they've become a victim of their own commercial success is they're too scared now. Not all companies obviously to but launch I, new ideas. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because if you think about mass consciousness or or you know I call it sheep people. Like when we don't, when we we don't think beyond what we've been told, you just want to keep consuming what advertisements, Amazon commercials, what products tell you. Yeah. And then you're like, you just live in this sort of zombie land of like, I, I think that's the challenge of being alive yeah. today, you know? And we want to, we want to influence people with, with, with true and, and new things we want to break from those you know habitual patterns of what i think that you know being and we have so many um how, how do you call the instagrammers um influencers right influencers yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> they're all influencers but they are influenced by other influencers <laughs> and those influencers are influenced by other influencers so where <laughs> I, I don't know where where is the real influencer who's who who has the real like who's bringing well what the, are they influencing yeah, <laughs> do you know what i mean but then we could also i and i'm not here to like judge influencers because i don't that's like a demographic i don't know a lot about but if you go from like one influencer's page to another again it's curated very similarly, right? Like they look the same. It's kind of like, there's a lot of, it's easily digestible. It's not offensive. Yeah. It's not, uh, again, making you think. And that's, again, as we know from like the social media, uh, um, what was that movie on Netflix called? Uh, the, the Social, social Experiment. Yeah, The Social Dilemma, right. Yeah, that, that's their job, right? That that's what media companies want us to not yeah. think, to not get off the device. And so if you're constantly seeing something that is appealing to your mind or to your the chemicals that are going on when you watch exactly. it, you'll seek more of that, right? So yeah, I think it's pretty dangerous, really, now that we're talking about it, but it's, it's a mean, weird... We and, and we're, we live in this world, and I think that it's, I heard uh, Yuval Noah Harari uh, the other day, which I completely am obsessed with. And he said Wait, something is that this? is really... Yuval Noah Harari oh, he's, okay. um, is an historian. He's Israeli, actually, but he wrote... The, the oh, wait, he Sapiens. wrote Homo Sapiens. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes okay, yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, he's amazing, yeah. He's, he's incredible, yeah. and, and I'm... I'm really, I can't even try to quote him because I'm not even get close to what he sounds like. But he said something that was really, that really affected me that the real problem that we have nowadays is not, I mean, we have a lot of problems, but it's that we, we don't know who's own, who, where's the ownership of data uh -huh. and the artificial intelligence. And 
you know, th those influencers can easily be, you know, they're robots. They're like models that are artificial, That's right. you know, influencers yeah. and yeah. they're not real influencers. So the people who is like pulling the strings, you know, the secret societies or whatever, those conspiracies that you have there, I think that this is the one of the most dangerous things that we're going through in this world right now because they can people are really controlling our brains our minds mm -hmm. and 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 there is and i think that it's more dangerous than any um gun problems or things that you know we know how to deal with and we're dealing with you know decades and decades it's just like something new that was launched now to this world and and it's it's really scary. I watched this movie, The Social Dilemma, and I had nightmares, and I wanted to delete my all of my Your social apps. media. I know. Like, yes, I know. I think yeah. it's yeah, I, yeah. I love he's his 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 writings are very powerful. You know, because they're historical, but they're also uh, it's also based on and he gets things. You obviously get that he gets things at a very deep level. You know what I mean? It's a really yeah. Um, but I, I was going to say, you know, to the, the thing that I always contemplate is why has social media, like, what is it? I mean, in the big scheme of things, none of this matters anyway. But when I think specifically about social media, I was like, this is so deranged. Like, none of this means anything. Why are we so <laughs> focused? It's literally meaningless. Like, I don't understand it. But I feel like I'm the only one who thinks that because... I'll read an article on like BuzzFeed or something like insane. And they'll be like, so-and-so has 10 billion followers. I'm like, but what, I don't even know what that, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean? You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. except again, that it's commodified in a certain way that it generates a certain amount of money. I think there again, this is what's kind of weird about not weird, completely destructive if we think about it is things are driven by the economy of it right so something is of value because they make a million dollars a tweet or a million dollars a post mm -hmm. so the value is again based on the commercialization of it and i think that aspect of capitalism is also kind of why we are facing what we're facing you know what i mean in terms of climate apocalypse, even zoonotics, like what we're experiencing with COVID, like the destruction of the environment, like, you know what I mean? I think it's a very, yeah. I think once you start to unravel it, you see how it's, it sort of speaks to where our head is at as a culture. And I'm not saying I'm better than that. I'm just observing it and also aware of it that it's like very dangerous because Russell Brand was just talking about this the other day that I, I posted because I think he's he has really great guests on his show. Amazing. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And and he was talking about fame and why anybody would ever want to become famous and how you know the value that we put on fame is commensurate with like where a culture's basically head is at. You know what I mean? Like if a yeah. culture is really obsessed with a certain thing, it kind of shows you <laughs> where they are. <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's yeah, kind the collective of consciousness, the collective completely. consciousness. It's sort of like, oh my God, we're Fox. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But what I think that the, the silver lining is that we've been Fox for so many years, for billions of years. And That's it's true. just every time something else will come and, and change our world and change our minds and, and we'll survive at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, 
I want to believe that there are some people who are fighting and, and doing good things and trying to share. I think that you can't beat, if you can't beat them, join them, you know? So having a, so not, not having a social media and not, not having the want to, whatever it is, get famous or, but take that platform that you have and, and land something with new, it. That's right. Do something. Yeah. Do good. You know, right. share your values, your That's right. virtues. That's right. Your make art. Make people believe in your art. You That's know, right. Make people open their their head, minds, and 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 explore the world and get real and authentic with each other and connect. You know. No, you're right. You are totally right. I I have to say, like, I. I just did, speaking of like zombie land, I did the best nine of 2020. You know how Instagram will, <laughs> oh my God, I'm such a hypocrite, but whatever. I was like, <laughs> I was like, let's see what my top nine photos are. But you know, Adar, here's the thing that was really encouraging. Every single one of the photos, my most liked stuff, all, at least on my page, had to do with, I mean, also I'm not 20 and I'm not posting like photos of my eight pack abs, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> they were all like social justice, Black Lives Matter, climate justice, yes. uh, colonization, like reclaiming yes. what was taken. Yeah. So all, on my page, all of those things were the most liked. And I think that that speaks to at least, you know, my kind of constituency or, or my peer group or people who I love and who love me. So that speaks, Actually. yeah, it's really inspiring. Like that got me really excited about, uh, you know. You're really, you're, you're a great influencer and you have such a big community of people who follow you. And just by sitting in your class, you know, the things that I don't know if you, if you're even aware, but I, I can speak for hours and listen to you speak because the, the way you see life and, and the hope that you give to people, I can't. Uh. I can't remember who that was, but there was a scene with two guys in our class a long time ago. Okay. And there was, it was about something that happened in New York. I don't remember, okay. but I remember that was one guy that um, really acted. They, they were supposed to play a gay couple or something. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he, he was really like tight and he couldn't, you know, he acted like this, you know, this, you know, cool Tough guy. guy. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough, yeah. And in one, it, it was like you really completely changed his mind in one sentence that you really, you said something, just, just be, you don't have to try to, people are people and it's fine. And then suddenly this guy, he was like the strongest guy in class. He was like the coolest guy, you know, like the guy from the sports team yeah. he started crying and we, we all started crying. It was such a an uplifting moment i felt wow. like you it was it i i can't forget this class this was like something that really like stuck with in in my in my mind mm -hmm. and 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 in the way i perceive and look at people in in life you know because we some sometimes we're so we have this idea of how we people should, should talk right. or how we yeah. should be and yeah. we and we stereotype our characters yeah, yeah, and i yeah. think that this is like the most um dehumanizing thing that we can do to ourselves and and that was something so human about your approach to it and 
gentle also that was really really touching and really beautiful oh well dar i love working with you we'll work together again once this is over yeah. or i've always been saying like i want to come to israel to teach like I mean, oh my god i know have to. i know we'll we'll do it sometime in the you know may 2022 but but yes. i i remember in class like i just think you're also i mean this movie that is coming out this big movie of yours is very serious or it's not serious but it deals with serious this past which is serious and uh mm -hmm. uh dramatic subject matter but i think you're also really funny like i the <laughs> scenes that we did in class you really you have this amazing ability to like make us cry and then you're like really funny without trying to be funny so i hope you get to continue to do more comedy you were working on that doll and m scene remember yeah yeah it was really funny like was it was really so like uh, and then, so <laughs> let's let's end with my speed round i always like to end with these speed round questions okay, okay. all right yeah an hour goes by so fast um i can't believe it's been an hour i know it's crazy wow. uh if you weren't an actor what would you be mm. Um, a vet or I when I was younger I always wanted to be uh, like I don't know it's like there is a beautiful place in the north of Israel and I always loved to go there and it's in the nature and it's really beautiful mm -hmm. and when we were kids we went there with our schools every year so I wanted to be the girl that guides the kids there. Aww, a guy, a <laughs> and, nature guide. But, yeah, but I think it has to do something with kids and nature. Yeah, Aww, something okay. like that. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite film of all time or just favorite film? Wow. So many. Um, I'll, I'll go with Cinema Paradiso. Oh, I, I just rewatched that recently. Yes, so me too. I I revisited, so it's 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 really close to my heart. But yeah, also, I mean, Casablanca. I don't know so many, yeah. but I'll yeah. go with Cinema Paradiso. Okay, yeah. well, what's something you can't do without? Mm. Uh, <laughs> music. Okay, <laughs> who's your celebrity crush? Could be man or woman. Wow. Um... My celebrity crush. I have so many. <laughs> I have, I think it's also in periods of time, but I really love, um, I love Kate Blanchett. I think she's incredible. And um, I love Joaquin Phoenix. And yeah, I think I'll go with them. Well, how would you describe acting in one word? Acting is the closest lie to the truth. Okay, truth. Mm -hmm. Or reacting. Acting is reacting. But I think it's, it's we lie, you know, it's all, it's not real. Mm -hmm. But it's the closest lie to something that is real. And mm -hmm. we bring ourselves to, we, we, we can feel real things by lying, which is incredible for me. I... I feel so lucky that I got to have that in my life. Mm -hmm. What's uh, what's something that you learned from me? <laughs> Ooh, so many things. Or from uh, class. <laughs> I learned. I think that I'll take the the notes that I was that the 
one specific class that I was talking about earlier, uh, the vulnerability, yeah. allowing yourself to, to be vulnerable and, and not to be afraid to show your ugliness or your truthness or mm-hmm. yeah, who you are. Yeah. And last question, what's your definition of love? love I'm gonna cry (laughs) love is um, love is love love is this is is. yeah I think that everything that I'll try to say will Mm -hmm. make it wouldn't be it's it's just Mm -hmm. it's just everything so Love is. I love that. My definition of, I always like to end, my definition of love is just this moment right now. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> it's it true. Is this moment right it now. is, yeah. It's, right? it's true. It's like, uh, you know, Dorothy Hunt's um, poem about... Um, oh, I don't know her, maybe. About peace. Wow. She has... I actually, I read that, and this also made me think of your class, because it's really... It's, it's, it's so beautiful. She's saying that peace is right now and we don't need to wait for we can have we can feel it right now we don't need to wait for something to happen or Mm. until we'll be in a certain place or until we'll get to you know to feel something that is out of what's happening right now and um it's It's true everything is really right now if you think about it right it's a hard concept for people to, to really like sit in because it's not a concept at all. It's all there is, but that's a whole it's other, everything. yeah, it's everything. That's like maybe the, <laughs> that's the Buddhist podcast we should do. <laughs> so Dar, where can, where can people find you? Your movie is called Harry Haft, but it's not out yet, but hopefully in the new year, I mean, it will come out like, yes. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it will. And um, I will let you know about it. Um, I, I'm on, social media i'm not encouraging people to go on social media so <laughs> but don't follow me no. but if they want to they can find you if they want to um you can find me on instagram my name is dar Zuzo, and um i have um i think for americans they can watch on netflix hostages or on amazon uh the beauty and the baker um i have two movies coming up uh, I think in 2021, <clears throat> one is Harry Hoft and the other one, the name of it is uh, Check Out. It's a true Mossad story. It's a really cool movie. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Yeah. And and a lot of things on, on Israeli channels, if you guys are Israeli. <laughs> Israeli, yeah. Let's put it That's awesome. Well, Dar, thank you so much for being here. It's so great to catch up. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. I love you. Oh, I love you too. Thank you. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice. And hopefully book the fucking job. If you enjoy Tony's podcast, make sure you subscribe for updates, new podcast alerts, new book information, and free giveaways. Hit the button right there and subscribe.